Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. If you would like to turn to Judges chapter 1, we're going to start there in just a moment. Let me first remind you that March 10th, 11th, and 12th, I'll be in San Antonio, Texas, uh, doing meetings Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. So if you are in Texas and you want to come down and jump into these meetings, or if you're anywhere in the world and you want to jump in into these live sessions, please go to my website, stephenbrooks.org, click on the link called events, and you'll see the itinerary. You'll have the address, any contact information that you might need. So I would love to see you and meet you in the Lone Star State. Woo! Down in San Antonio. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. All right, let's pray before we jump into today's Bible study. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that he is moving today, leading us into victory, and giving us insight into the ways of your eternal kingdom. Now we thank you, Father. We thank you for the working of your spirit and the illumination of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right, Judges chapter 1, let's look at verses 5 through 7. And they, that would be Judah, they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek. So, uh, Adonai, or Adonai, however you would like, uh, prefer to pronounce it, it's usually pronounced Adonai in this case. Uh, that means king or lord. And Bezek is a village that is about 12 miles south of Jerusalem. So, this is the king of Bezek, or the lord of Bezek, okay? Uh, and they found him. It's time for the clash, the battle. And fought against him, and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adani Bezek fled, and they pursued him and caught him. Probably he was trying to get to uh, ancient Jerusalem at that time. Of course, Jerusalem was not under the control of the, of the Israelites. They actually made some pretty good attempts to take it, but it wasn't until David came along later that the city was actually cap, uh, captured and became the national capital of the nation of Israel. So he is fleeing. They pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs, okay, and his big toes. I'm showing you my thumb, but I, I won't show you my toe. Um, looks just like yours. Amen. We've got five on each foot, uh, unless you're one of the Nephilim, right? <laughs> six, uh, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each feet. Different subject, but a fascinating one at that. So they caught him and chop suey with thumbs and the big toes. Now, the reason they would do that back in ancient times is because if you cut off the thumb, you can't hold the spear. And you see this, um, I wouldn't say often because you have to be pretty brutal to do it, but uh, it's recorded in uh, even in ancient Greece, uh, which is, you know, much uh, more recent than what we're reading here. But you cut off the thumb, they can't hold the spear. You can't uh, wield the sword. You can't even pull back an arrow on a bow because you need your thumb to do that also. And so uh, you're not fit for military use at all. Matter of fact, you cut off the big toe on each foot. Now you can't run fast. And um, 
even if you could kind of like pedal along, you don't have balance by the loss of the big toe on each foot. And Adani Bezik said, and this, this is an amazing statement that he's going to make. Now watch this. And Adani Bezik said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. Now he would have done that out of cruelty and out of a, what we would call like a, a warlord, dictator, uh, rogue type spirit of very cruel dominating. And of course, having these former kings underneath his te- table begging for crumbs would be something that he allowed and set up for their humiliation and their uh, degradation of their condition based on where they used to be. And for some sick reason, he took delight in that. And he said that that's what he used to do. He had 70 kings. He cut off their, their, big, their thumbs and their big toes, and they all crawled underneath his table, you know, just trying to hope to, hoping to get a scrap of food that might fall off the table. And he said, as I have done, so God has repaid me. Pastor Stephen, I don't really believe in that sowing and reaping. Oh, you need to go have a nice talk with Adonai Bezek. He, he would love to sit down and talk with you. Now, he'd give you the thumbs up, but he can't because uh, it got cut off. But even he was a believer in seed time and harvest and sowing and reaping. And he said, as an unbeliever, as a pagan, okay, as a worshiper of false gods, he had enough sense. And he said, as I have done, so God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Now, when you actually look at the history of the nation of Israel, and even modern-day warfare with the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, you will see consistently, especially modern-day, that the Israeli military is, the, is and has always been the most compassionate military in the world. When there's killing to do, they try to minimize uh, gore, damage, bloodshed just as much as possible. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have a killer side to them because every military needs that. But uh, how many times has the IDF called the terrorist cell and say, look, we know where you're at. We're going to blow up the building. We're giving you a chance to get out because we also know that there are others around you that are civilians. So we're just letting you know, we're going to blow the whole place up. You've got, you've got like a minute and 45 seconds to get everybody out or three minutes. They're quite generous usually in that when they're dealing with an adversary and they'll do that. And, uh, knowing that the people that they're showing kindness and compassion to are actually trying to kill them with no justified means. Wow. Praise the Lord. So this is unreasonable. This is like, uh, like, like almost like unreasonable that these Israelites would do this to this king because it would seem that this would be something that would leave a stain on their character and justifiably so, because what would, um, why would they do that? But obviously God is in this and God quickly moved upon uh, a soldier or two and they just went chopping chopped off the thumbs and uh, chopped off the big toes of this guy. And eventually he's going to get killed anyhow. But, um, uh, and I don't know if he died from the the, uh, infection or blood loss or whatever the case would have been, but this was an act of God. So therefore it is justified, but it's, it's fascinating to see that even this pagan worshiping false idol worshiping King 
His conscience convicted him of his own atrocities. And again, he said, as I have done, so God has repaid me. And the payback is, look, whether it's good or bad, it's multiplied back to you. Good measure, good measure, shaken down, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? And they sure gave it to his bosom. They cut off his thumbs and fingers. Amen. <laughs> thumbs and to- uh, big toes. <laughs> it was paid back to him. Amen. So my friends, this is a very clear example in the Bible. Then it runs through every book of the Bible of sowing and reaping. These are natural laws that work in the natural. This is his real life. This is his real thumb, his real toes, chop suey. This is not spiritual. It is spiritual laws, but they work in the natural. They're actually rooted in the natural, excuse me, in the spiritual. That's where they were established first. Praise God. Now, let's go back just for a moment to the book of Genesis. Mm -mm. Today, we're talking about everything needs to have a name. You know, I got ready to uh, record this program for you, and uh, it's impossible for me to upload it onto the file or even get it started in the recording format without what? Without giving it a name. I, I have to give the program a name so that it uploads that and identifies it, or else nobody knows what it is. There's no way to distinguish it from all of the other videos that would be out there, okay? So everything has to have a name. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, while the earth remains, um, just put your feet on the ground just for a moment, okay? That's the earth. You're on the earth, or you're standing on the earth, or sitting on the earth. Maybe you're listening to me on an airplane. You're flying above the earth, but here's the truth. While the earth remains, and it's still here, and the greater, the greater reality is that it's never going anywhere. Yes, there are some really... Um, uh, fictitious movies out there, uh, you know, like adventure movies or stuff like that that shows the earth getting blown up. Maybe a space aliens come in and blow the planet up or something like that. It ain't never going to happen. It's never going to happen. The earth will stand forever for all eternity. The earth will be here because God said it would be. Now, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest that's what we're talking about. And I know Adonai Bezek, although I'm sure he's in hell right now, okay, he would say, yeah, it's true. I didn't, I didn't live by it, but it certainly came back to bite me, okay? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Mm-mm. Now, there's some other things also that will always continue. Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night. Now, I, I like living in North Carolina. We actually get all four seasons. But my friends, one thing that we all get, even if you live in the North Pole, is that you still get seed time and harvest. Praise the Lord. It will never stop. And, you know, my wife had, uh, and I, we had wondered something about our neighbor. Because our neighbor, uh, her front yard is just loaded with cactus. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, it's like a fortress. If somebody tried to run through her front yard and go through that, they'd never make it. Woo, they'd be screaming the entire way. But there's cactus in the backyard, cactus in the front yard. And so Kelly and I thought, well, maybe maybe she, maybe it reminds her of the Southwest. Maybe her and her husband used to love Arizona. Maybe they had a trip out to the Grand Canyon and 
saw a cactus and maybe that's they they just planted cactus because it reminds them of something but um but you know we just thought well obviously she likes cactus they're everywhere around her house and so it wasn't till the other day that kelly was talking to our neighbor and just happened to ask out of curiosity hey um why do you have so many cactus you must really like cactus and she said oh no i hate them and kelly said you don't even like them she said no she said, I don't like them at all, but I, I can't stop them. They, they just keep growing. And Kelly said, well, what do you mean? She said, years back, she said, I planted, the lady said, I planted one cactus into the ground, took it out of a little pot, put it into the ground, and all it was was one cactus. And that one cactus has turned her uh, estate into a, a cactus field. And you, you might think, well, how does that happen? Simple. That one little cactus every year in the spring will begin to bud. As it buds, it will produce the cactus fruit. Birds come, or actually uh, some uh, other little creatures come and they pollinate it, but then it buds and then it turns into the fruit. Well, birds, particular kinds, we have like Carolina wrens and stuff like that. They come and they eat the fruit. When they eat the fruit, the seeds of the cactus are inside that fruit, and they're little bitty tiny black seeds. So the birds eat the seeds, and the birds, when they eat seeds, um, it passes through their digestive tract, and then when they fly or land or whenever they decide to use the bathroom and go number two, uh, they carry those seeds and those seeds fall on the ground. Now, if the seed falls on the road, it's not going to grow. But when they've, uh, obviously those birds have used the restroom in the front of her house and they've, they've launched seed that fell on the ground. Well, it, that's the cactus seed. And that is now how her whole front yard area is covered with cactus, a place you would never want to visit barefoot. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is very, very uh, fascinating how this works. My friends, we reap what we sow. Cactus seed, well, unfortunately, it doesn't produce like cantaloupe or strawberries. Or I might, I might go over to my neighbors and say, hey, you know, those strawberries looking pretty good. And, you know, uh, I think there's too many for you. There's no way you're going to eat them all. Would you mind uh, sending a little blessing over here? And I'm sure she would if they were uh, cantaloupe or strawberries or watermelon or something like that. But no, they're all cactus because why? Every seed produces after its kind. What does that mean? It means you reap exactly what you sow. So what was sown in her front yard? Cactus. <laughs> and so because that's what was sown and put into the soil, what came up? Oh, multiplication of cactus. Wow. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, it all starts like that. Now here, particularly in the, uh, the back part of our church here, we have a prayer area. People come uh, here and they love to come up and pray. And over the years, we have planted saplings, little bitty seedling bushes and trees that have become very beautiful over the years. Let's see what we have here. Um, here's a beautiful uh, pine tree. Kind of hard to see. That's a little small. Sorry about that. But that has now grown just as big as the picture said it would. And when we got it, it was little, little tiny. Uh, 
Oh, talking about tiny. Wow, was this ever a surprise? We didn't quite understand what we were getting into with this one. Here's the uh, here's the Dawn Redwood. <laughs> well, the fact that it says Redwood probably would imply it's going to get big. This thing is growing like by leaps and bounds. And when we first put it in there, it was real tiny. And it's called a uh, Dawn Redwood, which is kind of like a dwarf redwood, but it's turning out to not have anything dwarf about it. It's, it's getting bigger uh, every year. I mean, it's almost like you could watch the thing grow as it's moving faster. Uh, this has turned out beautiful. The Nandina, the pink Nandina. Uh, it, and the thing is, you get these little cards. Why, Pastor Stephen? Because when the trees are so small, little bitty saplings, they're only like that big. You don't even know what they are, really. You, you might get lost. I mean, it's going to still grow into what it's supposed to be. The, the DNA code is already in the seed, but it's good to know what you're growing because that's what your harvest is going to be. That's why you got all these uh, little tags. Um, ooh, the Japanese holly. We have two of those. They came up beautiful, and they're taller now than I am. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Maybe the prettiest tree on the property, the eastern white pine called the blue shag. Now, it's not soft if you touch it, but it is absolutely beautiful. Woo, I love that tree. Uh, Pastor Kelly loves it also. But here's my favorite tree on the property, the dwarf hinoki cypress. This uh, greets you by the front gate when you come onto the ministry property. Let me get a little closer view. Uh, let me see if that helps a little bit. And it is so soft. Woo! If I were, if I cut the tree down and took it and laid it on my bed, I could use it as a pillow. Although Kelly would say, get that tree out of here. <laughs> but but there are some trees that are real soft. That's the way it is. You can rub your hand all over it. You know, you do that on a holly tree, you're going to hurt your hand. But that tree is beautiful and so soft that uh, I might, I might, I might plant a hundred of them around here. Woo, I love them. I love them, praise God. So what, what does that mean? It means that what you plant, what you sow is what you're going to reap. I didn't plant these and expect walnut trees to grow, okay? I didn't, I didn't plant these and expect pecan trees to be all over the property. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. So my friends, let's go to a, another example I've got a real live demonstration. This is like the cooking channel, the SBI cooking channel. Here we have an apple. Look at that. It's real. Mm -mm. This is the, what is this called again? Boy, the print is really tiny. Um, this is the Crips Pink. And these, these apples are real tart. I actually like them, but I'm, I'm going to cut this apple open. Woo, look at this. Pastor Stephen, you're getting really bold today. Yes, I want to show you something about this apple. I'm going to cut it right now. Pastor Stephen, don't cut yourself. Pastor Kelly would be really upset at you. Okay, I'm going to try to be careful. Look at that. Brand new and fresh. By the way, I'll eat this later, okay? This is breakfast, praise God. There's a seed right there. There's a tree. You're looking at a, whoop, there it goes. There, you're looking at a potential tree right there in the palm of my hand. Boy, that's tiny. Not as tiny as a mustard seed, but pretty small. Okay, so here's the scoop. The average apple has five seeds. Some might have three. Oh, some might even have 10, but the average apple has five seeds. Now, here's something that you need to realize. I'm going to 
Here's another one. Let me get another one out. I want to show you something that you need to know. Maybe you never knew this, and it might not be applicable to anything that you're going to encounter. But just in case you met somebody crazy enough to try it, you probably should let them know uh, this amazing truth, which is what, Pastor Stephen, that these, these apple seeds, they're, they're actually poisonous. Did you know that? Now, the apple's per, uh, perfectly fine. You can eat the apple, chew it up, and enjoy yourself. Did you know that apple seeds are poisonous, and they actually contain cyanide? And you have to eat probably about 200 of them, and the catch is that you have to chew them. When you grind them or chew them, that's when the cyanide on the inside of them is released, okay? But they're, they're poisonous. What does that mean? It's very simple. Some seed, okay, some of your harvest is for eating, okay, and the other is for sowing. The problem sometimes is that uh, some Christians, bless their hearts, they, they not only eat their harvest, but they eat their seed also. And that's why, particularly with the apple, there's over 7,500 different varieties of apple, and we happen to live in apple country, there's an apple orchard, uh, several of them just a few miles from here, and it's uh, pretty much anything and everything you could think of. I'm talking about all heirloom varieties that, that are, don't, they don't taste anything like the store apples do. They're um, incredibly fresh. But here's the thing. Um, you don't always want to consume uh, everything. You know, the Lord told me just before I came on the program uh, to share this with you, that some of you are really going to get blessed this year. And the Lord uh, wanted me to give you a reminder, a, a very strong reminder, don't eat all of your harvest because some of it, the best part of it is for what? It's for sowing. Farmers have known that throughout the, the millennia. Let's take corn, for example. When you harvest your corn, you take the best ears of the corn, not the worst. You take the very best ears of the corn, and those are what you're, you're going to sow in the upcoming year. Why? Because you want to take the best so that you get the best upcoming harvest. But if you take the worst and sow those at seed, that's what your harvest is going to be. So like with the apple, for example, eat the harvest, but the seeds, these seeds are absolutely for sowing. And if you try to eat them, it's never going to be enough because it's seed. And if you try to eat them also, then you, you are affecting your future in a negative way. You could get sick too because they are poisonous. Wow fascinating the way God has designed his creation. Praise the Lord. Okay, so here's the scoop. Watch this. This is amazing. Okay, so here's my one apple seed right there. Okay, there's our one apple seed. This one apple seed will grow one tree. But here's the catch. Somebody might say, well, that's not a hundredfold return. Now, hold on just a moment. One apple seed will produce one apple tree. And within five years, or sometimes four years, but four or five years, that one tree is now going to start bearing fruit. And one apple tree in one season will bear and bring forth 300 apples for you. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's wonderful. I've got 300 apples. Well, you've got a lot more than that. Why? Because 
Each one of those apples has five seeds in it. Okay, so you have 300 apples times the five seeds per apple, and that is giving you 1,500 seeds a season. So every season, look, you plant it one, okay, you plant it one, but now every season you've got 1,500 of these. Wow. These 1,500 seeds will go on to produce 450,000 apples, and those 450,000 apples will then produce 2,250,000 seeds. And out of those 2 million plus seeds, every seed is able to produce another tree. And the cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats itself. So the old saying is true. You can count the seeds in an apple, but it's impossible to count the apples in a seed. Woo! So really, here we are, one seed, and it can go on and on and on as long as you don't eat all of your seed. Wow. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now there is the harvest. We're going to eat the harvest. I'm going to eat mine. Okay. After the uh, program today, <laughs> but you eat your harvest, but you don't eat your seed. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to stick with the word of God and God's word is going to really put us on the right path of blessing, prosperity, wisdom, and peace and joy. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. Wow, that's really good. Praise God. Verse 1. There was a famine in the land. My friends, uh, some of these things that happen within the world system, whether it's natural weather uh, challenges or problems, we call them disasters, you know, hurricanes, tsunamis, and things like that, or famines where there's no rain, shortage of food, uh, gas prices going up, financial famine, whatever it might be, uh, they, they are cyclical. And they run throughout the earth. And in the last days, we're going to see more like disruptive type things. But when you are a covenant child of God and you work principles of seed time and harvest, you are exempt from the calamities that others go through who do not know, serve, or worship God. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Oh, so you mean Abraham went through it too? Yep, sure did. Okay, so again, these things can be cyclical. They pass through various generations. You might have more than a couple, even in your own generation. That's okay. God is showing us what to do. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Well, to live in the land means... Well, we better start farming because uh, most things were based on a what we would call an agrarian type system. So that's kind of baked into that. And he said, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you, even in the midst of famine. Okay, that's the context. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. Now let's go down to verse 12. Isaac obeyed the Lord and he got busy doing what the Lord wanted him to do. He's staying in the land, but he's not just twiddling his thumbs. He gets, he gets active. Now, then Isaac sowed in that land. Now remember, what is the context? He's sowing in time of famine. And so the Philistines, his neighbors, must have thought, well, 
this guy's crazy. This is never going to work. He's wasting his seed, but he's obeying the Holy Spirit. He's obeying God's direction. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So it's supernatural harvest because it's happening in famine. It's supernatural harvest because of the magnitude. It's a hundred times, it's a hundredfold increase. And this uh, really begins to move him forward. Look at verse 13. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Wow. I believe God's talking about you right here. This is your year. This is your explosive month. This is your explosive moment. Hallelujah. You'll never have less ever than what you have right now. You will never go backwards another step from where you are right now. God will take you forward up, up and beyond from this day forward. Woo. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, it says he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. Now, that envying is part of the persecution. With the 100-fold blessing comes the 100-fold persecution. It's part and parcel for the territory. That's why many, uh, they're not quite sure if they want to go into that. But it's not like if you sit back, the devil's going to uh, leave you alone. No, go ahead and serve the Lord all out. Hallelujah. And get the blessing all out. Woo, praise God. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we see here that this is a literal 100-fold return. Now, this is kind of, um, uh, it's interesting. These things happen in church history. Okay, so so a few decades back, there was what we would call a squabble in the Word of Faith circle. Some of you know about this who follow ministerial things. It was kind of done behind the scenes in a closed-door meeting, invitation only, but it was basically leaders within Word of Faith trying to iron out church doctrine on the area of prosperity. And of course, you had quite a few that were really believing in it because they could read the Bible like Genesis chapter 26, but you had others that were maybe a little more old school and they they thought it, that, of course, it's good, but, you know, we shouldn't put too much emphasis on it. And uh, so there was uh, one person kind of like overseeing the meeting of these Word of Faith leaders, and this one... Um, This one person was basically very much against what we know and what the scripture calls the 100-fold return. Now, in this meeting were many mature ministers who'd been in the ministry, I'm talking like 50 years, okay? And so the person who was kind of representing the side of those who were kind of like, well, the hundredfold return, you know, we just don't, we don't really see this as being, you know, valid for today, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, the person representing them was actually a very young minister. So he's trying to address and inform and straighten out those who've been doing this for decades. One of those men who had been doing it for decades was uh, Prophet Jerry Savelle, a wonderful man of God, a man that I've had the privilege of meeting, and uh, a great general of the faith, a protege of uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin. Well, Jerry Savelle was in that meeting, and this younger minister was saying that the hundredfold return is uh, what he would uh, classify as being a metaphor. 
So this, this minister was saying, uh, the hundredfold return is like symbolic. And he said these words. He said, it's just a metaphor. And Jerry Savelle raised his hand and said, he said, well, could you explain to me then what a field full of metaphor looks like? And the minister said, what? Uh, and Jerry Savelle said, can you please explain to me what a field full of metaphor looks like? And this young minister couldn't understand what he was trying to uh, point out, which is this. When Isaac reaped a field full of crops, now he probably sowed wheat. And so when he is reaping a hundredfold of wheat, and it is a literal harvest because the Philistines are envious. Nobody is envious of a metaphor. <laughs> are you kidding me? And so when Jerry Savelle said, can you please explain to me what a, what a 100-fold field of metaphor looks like? The guy had no answer because there is no answer. Because why? It's literal. It's real. Mm -mm. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So my friends, we are stepping into these things. Because see, what I'm doing right now, and what I do several times a week, is I come before you and I sow seed. No, I'm not, I'm not throwing apple seeds at you, okay? But I am teaching the Word of God, which Jesus said is a seed that falls on four different types of soil. And there's only one type of soil that yields fruit. And it can bring forth a harvest that is 30, 60, or 100-fold. Mm -mm. And that's what we're going for. We're going for the 100-fold harvest of God's Word, producing in our lives victory, righteousness, peace, prosperity, holiness, victory over sin, victory over the world, and uh, victory over anything else that the enemy would try to throw. Hallelujah. Praise God. But my friend, that's what we do. We believe in seed time and harvest, the seed of the word sown into the heart of the believer to build faith and to allow the seed to take root and then to go upward and to produce and then to multiply out. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. You know, I had uh, lunch just the other day with a minister friend of mine. He's a Roman Catholic, a wonderful man, wonderful friend. And he said, Pastor Stephen, I, I just want to thank you for your ministry. He said, I, you know, I've watched you now for some time. He said, through your ministry, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I now speak in tongues. And he's on fire for the Lord. He's a great witness for Jesus everywhere he goes. And, you know, he also sowed, I think it was about a year ago, he sowed a $1,000 seed, $1,000, into this ministry for the work of the Lord. And he sowed it and gave it out of his heart to be a, a blessing and see God's kingdom furthered. And you know, um, we were talking as we ate and, uh, he said to me, he said, uh, pastor Stephen, something interesting has happened. I said, what's that? He said, well, he said, I went to, uh, consolidate my student loans because he's highly educated. And so there's student loans. And he thought, well, I'm going to consolidate them and bring them all together. And uh, he said, when I went to do that, and this was just recent, he said, I went to go check on it and, you know, go to work on this. And he said, it said balance zero. I said, well, 
I said, we know that President Biden was planning on passing this bill that will pay off, you know, certain debt up to $10,000 of college debt for certain students, but that hasn't even been put into effect yet. So we know it's not that. He said, yep, it's not that. And he said, I, I checked, I tried, and I verified it. And he said, there's no explanation for it, but it's all been paid off and the balance is zero. Woo, praise the Lord. And I said, you know, I said, you know, dear brother, I said, I think there are some miracles that we rejoice in and praise God for, but perhaps we shouldn't announce them publicly. He said, yes, I agree. <laughs> Woo! So I'm not telling you who he is because I've got a bunch of Catholic friends. Amen. Bunch of charismatic Catholics. Amen. Hallelujah. Along with all you Pentecostal spirit filled. Amen. Uh, on fire believers, no matter what stream of faith you're in, but you know that Jesus is your Lord and savior. Praise God. Some things, yes, you want to authenticate, you want to verify it, but sometimes you also don't want to attract any unnecessary attention. Just enjoy it. I said, well, brother, just receive it. He said, I do, <laughs> I do, because it's all gone. And he said, you know, it was not, you know, President Biden said, we'll, we'll knock out 10,000. Everybody goes, oh, it's, it's more than 10,000. So um, there was no explanation for it. Even researching into it, no explanation, zero. Mm -mm -mm. Praise God. Amen. You know, let me say that I've been privileged over the years to lead many people into the sowing of a thousand dollar seed because it's a, it's a, it's a breakthrough seed. It was about 25 years ago when Kelly and I sowed our first $1,000 seed. I, it, we sowed it into the ministry of our pastor at that time and we brought it and, you know, we're kind of like, wow, this is the first time we've ever done this. We're sowing a $1,000 seed. Woo! And it was big. It was big for us. And um, it, was, it was fantastic, the uh, joy of breaking into a new level. And you know what? Since that time, we've had the privilege by God's grace of being able to do that uh, you know, uh, various times and things like that in larger seeds and so forth. But my friends, we exercise our faith and we break into new levels as we understand how powerful this is, seed time and harvest. Praise God. By the way, something very interesting I've noticed. I can't quite explain it, about, but there's like levels. There's the $1,000 seed. You know, I think there's like $300, $500, you get the $1,000, then there's like a $5,000, uh, there's like breakthrough levels. But for my wife and I, the 1000 at that phase was a really big breakthrough for us. And I think maybe that in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, there's some insight on this. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. There's your 1000 offering right there on that night. And it's not coincidence that it happened on that night because it's following right after that great sacrifice on that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? Can you imagine God holding out a blank check? and saying, just tell me what you want, and I'll make it out. I'll give it to you, and you know it's good because I've got the, uh, the ultimate backup reserve here. Woo, praise the Lord. That's what happened. So there was a breakthrough with Solomon when he sowed the thousand. In that, in that case, it was a thousand bulls. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But um, it is a breakthrough. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we need to exercise our giving muscles. And I, I believe that what you can do, and I, be, I believe it's biblical. That's another one of those areas in the, uh, some of the uh, past Word of Faith meetings where uh, doctrine was being ironed out. Some rose uh, in opposition against the concept of naming your seed. Well, we don't need to name your seed. Well, what, what is there that we don't name? Okay, Abraham named his wells. Isaac named his wells. Uh, Israel, Jacob named the wells. Trees have names. I have a name. You have a name. Our pets have a name. All the angels have a name. Not just Michael and Gabriel. All the others do too. Everybody. Jesus has a name. God has a name. <laughs> but, but don't name your seed. Oh. Uh, or Robert said the greatest secret of his ministry was planting a seed with a specific target in mind. In other words, it's like sowing an apple seed, uh, let's say a, a Honeycrisp apple seed, because you want your very own uh, apple tree that, that is producing Honeycrisp apples. So you could say that it's uh, uh, the ability to target your seed for whatever it is that you're desiring God to do in your life. You know, um, I remember one time, uh, this was some years back, and you know, I knew that God had television for me because I'd already been recording uh, with different networks, but I would always go to uh, their studio and I would record there. And sometimes it was out of the country and it was a lot of work. It was always a blessing and an honor. But I always thought, Lord, I want to have uh, my own program and, and, and so forth. And so I began to save up some uh, ministry money and a ministry account that was going in there. And I saved... Uh, I say uh, in one year, I was able to put aside $7,000 for the television ministry. <laughs> Praise God. Well, last year, uh, the TV, just the TV budget was several hundred thousand dollars, okay? But I had, at that time, this was going years back, I had saved up $7,000, and uh, I, I had it in the bank, and I was thinking about it. I was sitting on the couch one day, and I was thinking about that $7,000, and it had been on my mind for about two weeks. And I thought, Lord, it took me a year to save that. Now, I said, Lord, if I save $7,000 every year, uh, within 10 years, I'll have saved $70,000. Uh, I said, Lord, uh, I, how am I ever going to get anywhere with this? And so I was sitting there thinking about it, and I thought, well, I said $7,000. I said, Lord, I could buy a camera. I can't buy a whole bunch of them, but I could at least get one that's pretty good. And I uh, thought about things like that. And I was sitting there one day on the couch thinking about it. And I heard an audible voice speak to me. And I believe it was, um, you know, it was so strong. It sounded like a man uh, standing behind me. And so it was either the Holy Spirit. Now, usually when it's within, it's the Holy Spirit. If it's the voices without, it's an angel. But for me, it was like the voice was just like all-encompassing, mainly behind me, but kind of like like um, what is like Dolby surround sound, where it's kind of like all around you, but mainly from behind. Anyhow, I heard this voice speak to me, a male voice speak to me and say, and it said this, if what you hold in your hand is not your harvest, then it's your seed. And... When I heard that voice speak to me, I jumped up and looked back behind the couch. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> now, I'll be, 
I'll be completely honest with you. I have I had heard previously the teacher, the evangelist, Mike Murdoch, Dr. Mike Murdoch, actually make that comment. If what you hold in your hand is not your harvest, then it's your seed. And uh, so I jumped up and I thought maybe Mike, uh, Dr. Mike Murdoch had snuck into my house and I thought maybe he was hiding behind the couch playing a trick on me. <laughs> you, know, you know, I knew it wasn't really him, but I, I did think, oh, that's, that's amazing. Well, I knew where he obviously got that statement from because God spoke it to me. Either he spoke it through the angel or, or that was the Holy Spirit. I'll find out when I get to heaven, praise God. But basically, God got it over to me. And so I knew that that $7,000, I needed to sow it because I'm never going to get anywhere in TV with uh, $7,000. Well, I told Kelly what the Lord had told me. She said, okay, uh, let's sow it where the Holy Spirit leads. And I sowed it into uh, the ministry of Sid Roth and its supernatural. So I sowed that uh, in there. Sid received it, prayed over it. And, you know, today we're on television every week speaking to over 200 nations. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Glory! Pastor Stephen, you, you are a lucky man. <laughs> uh, the luck doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's you go after the Lord, but you also, you're going to have to honor and obey His principles. They're everlasting. Seed time and harvest will never cease. It will never, ever end praise God. So these are things that we talk about, and these are things I teach, but these are also ways in which Kelly and I, we govern our lives and the direction in which God is taking this ministry. Praise the Lord. You know, it's amazing because I remember the time that my parents didn't really understand me, and they thought, they thought in some ways I was crazy. They kind of they kind of heard that my ministry had gotten traction, but, uh, you know, they still didn't agree with me doctrinally, and they kind of had a view based on their denominational theology that because I was a Pentecostal, I was like a Looney Tune. Well, um, my, my brother told me this, because my dad never told me, but my brother told me this. He said, he said hey, Stephen, he said, uh, he said, dad told me that one day he and, and Ma, he and mom were sitting at home just kind of flipping through the channels, and they got the shock of their life when they flipped through the channel, and they're on a major network. You were on TV. <laughs> I said, really? I said, Dad saw that? He said, yeah, he sure didn't about, but just about couldn't believe it. And he, he said, great, day in the morning. <laughs> I called, you know, called my mom in there. This, you know, he, he's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, cat's out of the bag now. You can't stop it now. Woo! Praise the Lord. And um, my dad never quite understood me because he didn't he didn't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Although he loved the Word of God, although he's probably getting a pretty good laugh of it uh, uh, while he's in heaven now. Praise God, because he, he you know his life ended. He went on to be with the Lord. But my friends, we must go on with the Lord. And I want to say that if you want to reach the fullness and the destiny, and I know it's big and I know it's beautiful, you're going to have to sow your way into it. There are some things you cannot pray and fast your way into, although those are vital. But remember the big three, prayer, giving, and fasting. And those are the pillars of the Christian faith. So let's uh, put a little focus today on this area of giving. And I wouldn't want to teach a message like this 
and share all of these dynamics and principles and not give you an opportunity to sow because there's an anointing. And what you want to do is you want to sow into the anointing. And, uh, you know, as you would watch this message, even if it's a day later or a week later, the anointing is on this message and you can sow into it. Well, Pastor Stephen, what should I sow? Well, you could give whatever the Holy Spirit would like for you to give. And if you will ask him, he'll show you what to do. And at the same time, sometimes you can, let's say maybe the largest offering you've ever given in your life, maybe it's $300 or 500, but you happen to have the thousand dollar seed. You know what I'm telling you? It's a barrier breaker. Praise God. And then there's higher levels after that. You know, I've sown seeds greater than, of course, the $7,000 and things like that, that God has blessed my wife and I to be able to do. We're, we're big givers, praise the Lord, uh, because of God's grace. Amen. But my, my friends, just let the Holy Spirit lead you and break a barrier, break a barrier and sow a seed. Because look, I know that Adonai Bezek, okay, the king, the Lord of Bezek, we know he was a heathen. But even that old heathen would stand up and say, ah, it's true. Notice I don't have any thumbs and notice I don't have any big toes. I reaped exactly what I sowed. And it works on the negative end and it certainly works on the positive end. Jesus said, give and it will be given unto you. How? Good measure, shaken down, running over. Uh, and it's going to be given back to you and men are going to pour into your bosom. Praise the Lord. Promotion, increase, new opportunity, new uh, uh, investment opportunity to take you to the top. Hallelujah. To get on the next Amazon when it's still like $10 a share <laughs> before it ever reaches 1000 or whatever it might be. God's going to show you some amazing things. But I want to encourage you to honor the Lord. And so let's receive an offering right now. Praise God. And I want you to do this. When you give an offering, when you sow your seed, whether you want to mail it in or go online and give it, why don't you name your seed? After all, we name everything else, okay? All of these things, they all have names. Everything that we've grown around here all had a name on it because when it was super tiny, we couldn't recognize it. It was just in seed form. But it all grew up into what? Into a, exactly what the seed was named and uh, destined to do and programmed to do. Praise God. Amen. Works the same whether it's lima beans or red, redwood trees. Praise God. So let's pray. Father, right now, show your people what you would have them do as they're sowing into your kingdom and it moves the ministry forward. Father, it moves our, our ability to continue to preach and, uh, literally around the world and that, that builds up rewards and blessing for them. But Father, I thank you for harvest for them. I thank you that they have the privilege of participating in kingdom advancement. Now, Father, we thank you for this. Speak to them concerning what they should give. And I thank you, Father, that they will honor you and obey you swiftly. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Here's, here's a question. What if I were a, uh, a billionaire? What if I were worth $15 billion? What if... Um, I could fund the ministry all by myself. What if I could buy, uh, what if I could even put up a satellite in space, have my own, not just my own network, my own satellite. What if I had the money to do that? And so I wouldn't have to uh, share any of this with you. You know what I would be doing? I would be doing you an injustice as a preacher. Because if I had that ability and did it all myself, 
then I have excluded you and I have robbed you from your ability to grow and develop and to sow seed to get to the destiny that God has for you. Because you, you're not going to get there without sowing and reaping. Praise the Lord. That's, that's God's kingdom. That's his method of you arriving in the fullness of what he is destined for you. So it is a privilege for us when we have divine opportunities to invest into the kingdom because it's for our benefit. Praise the Lord. So God's given you that opportunity. Now, if you want to go online and bring a special offering in right now, you can do so. I want you to visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage and uh, it says give. You can click and go there right now. It's got a red heart on it. There's also text to give and you could just text in an, uh, a special offering if you would like. And uh, the, the other ways in which you can give are also up on the screen right now. If you would like to mail a special offering in, you can send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. You see it on the screen there in our hometown, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code's 28654. Please do this. Please name your seed. Target your seed for the harvest that you want. And if you can't quite dial in exactly perhaps on what that harvest is, then give a generalized fitting description of it. Praise the Lord. Let's say you want a harvest of a tree, but you don't know what kind. You don't know if you want a palm tree or a uh, white oak or a poplar tree. Uh, just say, uh, I'm believing for a harvest of trees. Okay. So maybe you're believing for debt freedom. Uh, maybe you're believing, uh, for something else, whatever it might be to get, to get a, a better vehicle. Maybe you're believing for, uh, what I would call a wealth whisper, an investment tip where God can give you an insight on investing. And maybe you could catch that um, I'm, I'm not in the crypto or anything, but maybe you could catch like a, a crypto company that's about to take off. That could be the next, you know, Ethereum or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, everybody has to be led in their own way, but God could uh, help you get on something that's on the ground floor that uh, within maybe uh, six months or a year could be uh, the envy of the world. Praise the Lord. Mm, 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 mm. There were three men that founded Apple. Two of them went on to become multi-billionaires. One of them got off the ship just before Apple, boom, exploded and took off. He's living in a trailer home today. Hardly has any money at all. All he had to do was stay with Apple a little bit longer and and he even said, he said, I knew these two guys. I knew Steve Jobs, and I can't remember the name of the other fellow. He said, I knew that we were about to break into something that had never been broken into before as far as a techno technology that people are going to want and uh, thousands will adore. Well, they did, but he got off the ship before it happened. Hmm, praise God. But God's going to help you get on the ship before it launches. See, when you, uh, when you hear about something, oh, this is, this is really, it's already too late because investors and those type of people that are always listening, they, they already, they're already on it. So you actually have to get in before anybody hardly really knows. And that takes the Holy Spirit. So a seed for uh, an investment tip. Remember, no hot tip without fellowship. 
okay? But the Holy Spirit could whisper something to you, and the next thing you know, whoo, you're in. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Serving Jesus, living for the Lord, being the witness for Jesus. Amen. And blessed, blessed, blessed. Hallelujah. All right, get your seed ready. I'm going to pray for it right now, and I'm going to be praying over it as they come in, okay? Amen. Hold it before the Lord. Father, I speak blessing over the offering that's being sown right now, over the seed that's being sown. Father, we have seen the power of the apple seed. Father, we have seen uh, even uh, a heathen king uh, proclaiming that uh, seed time and harvest is true. Oh, God, hallelujah. We see Isaac reaping the hundredfold in famine, supernatural miracle blessing that the Philistines envied him. Father, I thank you. You're going to put your people on a high hill, a salt and light in the earth, and they're going to have the best of the best and that they might be a witness for you and an ambassador to represent you in the earth, lacking nothing. Father, bless their seed, hundredfold return, just as Jesus said, that your word, a hundredfold in their life, their seed, a hundredfold, bringing into their life the very best, the pinnacle of what you have for them to experience. I thank you, Father, that every seed produces after its kind, and you are showing them right now how to direct their seed and give it a name. And Lord, I thank you that you're helping them to give their seed an assignment. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Let this be a miracle month for your people. We thank you that this is a year of overflow. I speak to your people. This is a year of overflow, overflow, overflow. Now, Father, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you're watching this program and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to get your life right with God, make your peace with God. Hallelujah, because he's good. He loves you. And the great plan that he has for you can only be found and accessed in Him, okay? So I want to pray for you in just a moment. If you're watching this and you used to be a Christian, but you backslid, got all messed up in sin, got away from God, and got all defiled and messed up, hey, the blood of Jesus can wash any sin away. It's time for you to come back to the Lord today, okay? So let's pray together. Please pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I completely give my life to you. I recognize that in you alone is their true prosperity and joy. Lord Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Wash all of my sin away. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you. Jesus, right now, I give my life to you. Write my name in your book of life. Step into my heart. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen, and amen, and amen. Welcome to the family of winners. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you. God bless you. Woo! God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion. If you are a believer anywhere on the planet, you can take communion with me because we're Christians and we love Jesus. Amen. So grab some unleavened bread, uh, or if you don't have the, one of these little wafers, get a little cracker, a little piece of bread. Grab yourself some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got. Amen. And let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set it apart as being holy. 
And we thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, we thank you that Jesus died on the cross at Calvary for the taking away of our sins. As we receive his flesh, we receive his wisdom. We receive his insight. We receive his anointing, strength, and blessing. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus cleansing us, washing us, covering us, shielding us, protecting us, saturating us, sustaining us, energizing us. We give you praise. As we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for victory on the earth, over the world, the flesh, and the devil. We give you all the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will be praying over your, your offerings as they come in. I and our ministry team will join our faith with yours for the assignment that you are giving to your seed, that you see much fruit, you see the miracle, and that you see the blessing that you're desiring God to do, and he'll do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hold this in my hand because of this right here. The reason I can eat this and enjoy this is because somebody planted a seed, grew into a tree, and the tree produced. Uh, I'm not sure where my seed went, but the tree did its job and produced apples that I can enjoy. Amen. Praise God. God bless you as you work the kingdom dynamics. I'm going to go enjoy some fruit, some fruits of righteousness that taste really good. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for watching. I love you so much. I'm praying for you, and I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.